Good morning, Parish family. As most everyone knows, now we are in the midst of our annual stewardship campaign. Last Sunday, our campaign chair, Becky Powell, did a great job of helping us look back at this past year, reviewing and celebrating the amazing ways that God has been at work in us, among us, and through us. And this week, our senior warden, Steve Phillips, is going to help us take a look ahead, inviting us all to dream about the things that we believe God has in mind for us as we continue to envision how we will become a city on the hill in Southwest Fort Worth. And as we do, we are met with one of the more well-known passages in Scripture, where the Pharisees and the Herodians had come together to try and trap Jesus, hoping to fully and finally expose him for the fraud that they believed him to be. And so they ask him, tell us what you think. Is it lawful to pay taxes to Caesar or not? Now, it is very important for us to understand the historical context of this question for three reasons. First, the question itself is actually speaking into the arc of human history on a geopolitical level, that is, the role of the state. Second, the fact that the question was being asked by theologians suggests that there are theological implications for the question, that is, our understanding of God and our expectations of God. And thirdly, especially for us as Christians, the question implies another question. How then shall we live? How do we orient and organize ourselves as a church in relationship to God and to the state? Easy questions. Speaking into the political part, we know that the Roman Empire had conquered the nation of Israel, robbing them of their own land, their own rule of law, and therefore their own way of life. As the saying goes, this was absolutely a scenario where the spoils of war had gone to the victor. And if the Israelites failed to pay taxes to Caesar, they very well could have been crucified, as evidenced by the very real example of crosses that had been littered across the countryside containing the dead and dying bodies of those who had challenged the absolute authority of Rome, a very disturbing and a very visual reminder that those taxes were required and not optional. Unless we are tempted to think that those things only happened back then over there to those people, even now, as you know, that we are being reminded that any and every human government is fragile and frail at best and gruesomely destructive at worst as we experience the pains and perils of our current wars, even as we ourselves watch and wait to see whether or not we ourselves might somehow become more involved. And as this world now sits with the tensions of our own uncertainties, people everywhere are asking themselves the very same questions 
that were on the minds of those ancient Israelites. If God is really there, and if God really does care about us, then when will he act? And what will he do? And how will we know? And what should we do? How then shall we live? Now, to speak to the theological part, Jesus seems to have given every indication that he himself might somehow be involved in the answer to these questions through his ministry to the people, healing the sick, raising the dead, casting out demons, and unafraid to challenge the status quo at every turn. Moreover, and this is important for us to understand, he had just made his own triumphal entry into the holy city of Jerusalem on the back of a donkey, an unmistakable sign to the Israelites that he is showing himself to be the very Messiah of God, the King of Israel, and significantly, the Prince of Peace. And you know this. We remember this. We celebrate this every year. The Israelites were crying out in response both to him and for him. Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And so now this very question about paying taxes to Caesar put Jesus in the kind of crucible that would either crush him or continue to reveal his kingship and his kingdom. So tell us, teacher, you who do not care about anyone's opinion, you who are not swayed by appearances, what do you think? Is it lawful to pay taxes to Caesar or not? And then, just as Jesus had turned over the tables in the temple when he entered into Jerusalem, he now overturned the nefarious intentions in the hearts of humanity. Why put me to the test, you hypocrites? Show me the coin for the tax. And the very moment that they reached into their wallets, he knew that he had them. Surely none of you, surely none of you who are claiming to have the moral high ground here, surely none of you would dare to have a coin with Caesar's image on it in your wallet, would you? And when they brought him the Roman denarius, he simply exposed what everyone already knew, that we all carry the coin of Caesar in our pockets. We all carry the coin of Caesar in our pockets. But then he revealed something else, that he is the one who actually shows us how to use it properly. Whose likeness and inscription is on this coin, he asks. Caesar's, they cry. Then render unto Caesar the things that are Caesar's, and render unto God the things that are God's. And when they heard it, they marveled, and they left him, and they went away. Now, let's deal both with what Jesus is not saying and what Jesus is saying. What Jesus is not saying is that humanity can exist under a false separation of church and state, 
as though we have a political life over here and a spiritual life over there and ne'er the twain shall meet. The very idea is actually impossible anyway. For as long as you and I are moral agents who make moral decisions for ourselves and in relationship with one another, we are going to abide by a moral code. So really the only questions are these. Which moral code shall we choose and why? And given that, this is what Jesus is saying. He's actually saying that the only way to get it right with Caesar, the only way to get it right with Caesar is to get right with God. The only God, the one true and living God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. After all, this is the God who made us in his own likeness and image, by the way, and he has put all of us, all of us, everyone on the same planet together. But here's the crazy thing. And I don't know if you've ever thought about it this way before. Maybe you have. But the only two times, the only two times that God has actually walked on the earth with us, this is what we did. We disobeyed him, we rejected him, and we crucified him. Kind of like people are doing to one another right now even as I speak from this pulpit. Why? Because that's what a world that disobeys and rejects and crucifies God looks like. We kill each other. See Cain and Abel as the very first example. But thanks be to God, that's not the end of the story. The rest of the story is that the God who made us is also the God who knows us and loves us, and in spite of the fact in spite of the fact that we disobeyed him, in spite of the fact that we rejected him, in spite of the fact that we crucified him, he loves us, he forgives us, and he frees us from the shame of our sin and the sting of death. How do we know? Because that's what the cross of Christ Jesus is all about. And that's what his resurrection is all about. And through these events, the news gets even better. Jesus has made us a new creation in him. He has created a new community who is no longer condemned by him, but now shares in communion with him. And it's called the church. Those who have received his forgiveness and experienced his freedom, those who have been redeemed by repentance and faith and have joined this body of believers through baptism and are now bound together with God under a new covenant, the covenant of love, the covenant of life. Why? Because God is for us, not against us. And so here's the point. When Christians... The church sees the state acting in ways that reject Jesus and oppose his teaching in whatever form or fashion that might be. This then is how we should live. We do not ignore the problem. We do not run from the problem, but we run to it. Why? Because that's what Jesus did. He came to seek and to save who? The lost. 
And as we run to the problem, this is what we do. We steadfastly refuse to demonize those who are not Christian by the color of their skin, the country in which they live, or the creed they currently profess. Why? Because when we ourselves were separated from Jesus and living in sin, he did not demonize us. He loved us even crying out to us from his cross, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. As Martin Luther King rightly said, hate cannot drive out hate. Only love can do that. And so the question is not whether or not this country or that country has once been or is not now a Christian nation, but whether or not this country or that country or any country can become and be Christian now and going forward. And the only way to do that is for us to help make Christians one at a time. My friends, the facts are plainly before us. We are both subjected to and participate in the frailties and failings of our very human institutions And apart from the goodness, the grace, and the glory of God, history shows us over and over again that we will eventually try and destroy one another. And as Jesus is plainly telling us that the only answer is not human government alone or without him, but King Jesus and his kingdom working in us and among us and through us, so that we who call ourselves Christians in the midst of our suffering find those among us who are asking the question, is God really there? Does God really care about me? And if so, what is he doing to fix the problem? Let me end with this. Our joy, our joy and our job is to stop and to listen and to learn, and in reply to share in our own broken, their brokenness as our brokenness, as if it were our own, and then to share Jesus in thought and word and deed with our neighbors, and yes, even with our enemies. To shine the light of salvation into the lives of others, just as someone once did for us. And just as Jesus has done for us all, that we might render unto God the things that are God, that is ourselves and others, whoever they are and wherever they may live.